Culture is not only critical to cultivating a championship program, but it is absolutely essential. Welcome to Through the Tunnel, a Game Change Productions podcast that dives into sports and the life lessons that can be learned from them. The podcast is inspired by the book of the same name, written by Game Change co-founders Paul McDonald and yours truly, Jack Barrage. On the show today, Paul and I are joined by Bowling Green Athletics Life Coach, Dr. Michael Brown. We discuss with Dr. Brown how the best way to build a championship culture is for coaches to have personal relationships with their players and their staff. We hope you enjoy the show, and please check us out at GameChangeNation.com or on one of our social media pages. Michael, you're the instructor on our Game Change training camp on creating a championship culture. The class has 16 episodes, so you obviously had a lot to say, but if you had it boiled down to two or three key elements of building a championship culture, what would you say those are? You know, it's interesting we developed that training camp, particularly with coaches in mind, because coaches frame culture. I mean, at the end of the day, they are the primary shapers of culture. They frame the picture that we call culture. And so I would encourage coaches, and I think this is an important principle that we kind of saw bleed through all of our episodes and our conversations, is that relationships are everything. The connections that they're making with their players and their staff, huge. But secondly, I think who they are when they're walking into the sports facility, who they show up every day being, it shapes and creates and sets the pace for culture more than anything else. So our coaches oftentimes think, I'm there to coach. No, you're there to actually embody values, to actually express those values, not just in your words, but in your life. So there could be some incongruity with that, right? With a lot of coaches, like they espouse these principles that they want the team to follow, but then they're they're not even operating within those principles. I think that's true, Paul. And the reason that's true is that no one does it perfectly. There's always gonna be some level of incongruence. And yet to acknowledge that is actually the battle one because then you'll be more aware that I'm actually saying things and coaching in a way and challenging that I myself am not living. And so it goes back to the idea that do what I say, not what I do. Student athletes will begin to resemble what you do more than what you say. One of the things that jumped out at me when I was watching you do the class was trust. I think a lot of student athletes, when they come to a university, they're recruited, so they're promised a lot of great things, and those things aren't always delivered on. And once you've broken that trust, probably pretty hard to have a good culture, I would imagine. Well, that's true, and what happens is, is, and if you recall from the episode, I actually have an acrostic for trust, T-R-U-S-T, the very first principle of trust and establishing trust is T. Truthfulness, we have to speak the truth to our athletes. We have to be honest. We have to be truthful. We don't promise one thing and then deliver another. And so I think that, well, truthfulness, obviously. Honesty, truthfulness is rooted in character. We need that in every relationship, but particularly between a coach and a student athlete. Yeah, and uh, if you don't have that, everything goes sideways, right? Because if you, if you walk into something that you're expecting one thing, and are given completely something else, sure. the culture falls apart. Well, and again, like I said, relationships are everything. Human connection, I need to feel connected to my coach, I need to feel cared for, and if there's not trust, relationship can't exist. It's interesting, because this guy right here started out at USC, and we love to tell the story, is when he got there, there was nine quarterbacks on the depth chart. He knew that, they didn't tell him there weren't, but um, 
One of the things I think that worked for you was the trust you had with Paul Hackett, who was your, the guy who recruited you as your quarterback coach, and you knew that you could trust him and you knew that he was in your corner. I, I, I'm guessing that, so I'll let you, I'm just curious. Well, Paul Hackett saw me um, line up behind the guard in <laughs> high school, right? And still wanted me to come to school Let me be his quarterback. Let me tell Michael that story really fast. Please. So last game of Paul's high school career that sets up the playoffs, last regular season game, last play of the game, with the game on the line, he lines up behind the guard instead of the center. Not fumble. A good, not a good thing. Yeah, fumble. <laughs> Team loses the game. Paul Hackett asks him later, hey, what happened? I didn't know exactly what happened in that, in that game because he, he had left. And Paul was now on the spot of whether he could just kind of brush it off or tell him the truth that he messed up. And Paul told him the truth, and I think wow. that probably established your relationship from that point because, and, and by the way, for a 16, 17 year old kid, it would've been very easy to just go, oh my God, am I gonna lose my spot? You know, full, full ride scholarship. Full ride scholarship. If the coach thinks I'm such an idiot that I don't even line up under the center <laughs> instead of the guard at the biggest moment of a game. Yeah. So yeah, that trust you built was probably great right from that spot. Yeah, and, and it worked for us going forward because he recruited me to go to, he, he was at Cal at the time, Paul Hackett, and then he got the job at USC, and that's how I ended up at USC, because of that relationship with him. Uh, and so I think that was like a huge piece for our, in our relationship. Uh, and so when I got to USC, you know, I had the opportunity, and I slowly moved up the, the charts, the depth charts, to, uh, to become the starter in my junior year. Well, you had the talent, but you also had the character. And so I think coaches need to recruit culture, and not just recruit competency. That's great. And what happens oftentimes is we've got to just get the best players, but then what happens is you've seen it, right, in many teams and a variety of sports is, is that this individual who has tremendous amount of talent lacks effort, attitude, they're entitled, and then fill in the blank. There's so many things that can turn culture the wrong way. And there's a lot of kids who are competing for that one spot, and I don't think they often realize that the difference between them getting recruited and the guy who doesn't or the gal who doesn't is exactly what you said because talent can only take you so far. And one of my favorite stories of this is Coach Gino, the coach of University of Connecticut's one the basketball team. He actually films his team's bench during games to see what the body language is like. And if he sees kids slumping and you know not rooting on their teammates, they hear about it. So he literally films his team's bench during game to understand how, how those players on the bench are reacting when they're not in the game. You know, I, I've never heard that before. Everybody, Coaches watch a lot of film. I've never heard of a guy who actually watches film of his team on their bench. Well, we talked about this in our conversations as we recorded uh, creating a championship culture, and that is that every player is indispensable, that every player matters, that you actually have put together a puzzle with the entire team. And some teams, obviously, depending on the sport, are bigger than others, but it has to be about we. It has to be about team. I'm sure you've heard it. There's no I in team. It's we. Right, and so I think that idea is really important. And everybody has a role in that. The, the walk-on player has a role. Actually, the walk-on player could have a fantastic relationship with a star player on the team uh, and could help drive him to new heights. And in other situations, he, he may not. And that reminds me of, of my team in 1978 at USC. We won a national title, so I've been on a championship team. So I understand uh, the dynamic. and. And was culture awesome on that team? Unbelievable. Okay, there Unbelievably it is. Unbelievably awesome. The players all respected each other. They all held each other accountable. The coaches, same thing. Um, so Paul, it just wasn't about talent. No, no. But, yeah. but 
The great thing is we had incredible talent, but I believe we had even more incredible people with character on that team. If you look at some of those on the roster, Ronnie Lott, Marcus Allen, Brad Buddy, Anthony Munoz, uh, these guys are College Football Hall of Fame, NFL Hall of Famers, uh, just super quality people um, that all respected one another. So we had all these phenomenal players, but we had no stars on the team. No stars. No one believed and looked upon and can I jump as a in? star. He was an All-American quarterback. Marcus Allen became a Heisman Trophy winner. Charles White was a Heisman Trophy winner. Ronnie Lott went on to become maybe arguably the greatest defensive player in the history of football. And yet you're saying there was no stars. That no stars. is like an amazing statement when you think about it from, the, from that perspective. Because maybe because there were so many that you couldn't separate yourself. Right. That's why you want, you know, so maybe that was it. But I believed it was, uh, it came from the culture that John Robinson, who was the head coach, right. that, uh, that laid out for the entire team. And I remember, you know, all these players and he would uh, invariably uh, once a year would kick us off the field, the practice field. So you guys stink, get out of here. You know, we got all these national championship team. Right. And we would go in and we'd have a players meeting and we'd talk about it and we'd hold each other accountable again. That's when it really yeah. works. Yeah. The coach sets the table, but the players execute it both off the field and on the field. And that's when you know you've yeah. got something special. Player driven. And we talked about that in our conversation that you use the word accountability but also great chemistry is accountability, but also affirmation, acceptance, and even authority. The ability to say the really hard things and to help your brother or your sister even when they can't help themselves. Yeah, and some people think that having that authority and, and kicking the players off the field means he becomes the bad guy. Well, you still have a relationship with Coach Robinson to this day. Oh, it's better and, than ever. Yeah, and with and I'm sure he does with some of the, many, of, many of his other players. So that's, you know, we, we talk about this in other uh, podcasts, having that relationship that doesn't last for a year or two, but a lifetime. Yes, and that's really needs to be the goal. I mean, if right. culture is a priority, the priority is not just championship trophies, but championship lives. And, and, and the reality is you can win games without a great culture, but you cannot build that program long-term. I promise you, and I've worked with enough teams at the professional, collegiate, high school level, I know for a fact that eventually unhealthy culture backfires and then it's gonna take a lot longer to rebuild and to, and to grow back the healthy culture. Trust is, is such a huge piece because relating back together to the 78 team, yeah. we trusted each other. We knew, and how did, where, where did we build that trust? It, it wasn't on the plane, it was during the off season, it was during the meetings, during the workouts, during the private session, one-on-one, -on -one, you know, throwing against air, all these different things. And in the training camp, where that trust was built, that yeah. you knew that your guy was gonna be there. You knew your guy was gonna be in the right spot and you, you knew your back was covered. I knew my offensive line was gonna protect me. Right, right. By the way, it was maybe the greatest offensive line in the history of mankind. Right. But I, I, I knew that they were gonna protect right. me. And yeah, you had that trust. And, in. and, and you just, you, it creates a relaxed uh, way to play. The other thing that jumped out at me in the, in the class that you taught for game change was how important it is that players understand that their coaches care about them, that they love them. Mm that if you go into a program where you don't feel like the guy at the top and all of his staff really genuinely care about who you are, especially who you are as a human being, no culture. Yeah, well I talk about the seven elements of a championship culture. The first two are connection and care. We round it all out with celebration. And in the middle of that is coaching, correction, challenge, all the stuff that we typically think is coaching. But at the front end of that, the foundation, connection, deep connection, 
and care, where actually that connection is expressed and embodied to people. And at the end, we celebrate together, even when we lose a game. It's win or learn, not win and lose. And even as you talked about trust, Paul, for, for anybody listening or watching today to realize that even culture, much of culture is being built off the field, out of the rink, out of the pool. Like the choices that the team are making individually, even together as groups outside of the typical sport practice competition, that's where culture is, is really developed. It's not just when you show up. It's all the time because every choice counts and every moment matters. And we see that no more significantly in the ability to develop championship cultures. Hey guys, thanks for listening to Through the Tunnel. If you like the show, please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review it. It'll really help others who love sports and the lessons they provide to find the show and together create Game Change Nation, a community that is dedicated to lifting each other up. Also, we'd love to hear your stories, so please visit GameChangeNation.com or any of our social media pages to give us your take on sports and life. And finally, check out our book, Through the Tunnel, which is now available on Amazon. Thanks again for listening and have an awesome day.